We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome into the Thursday edition of the Pack a Day podcast. I am Steve Perhatch, joined again by Dusty Evely. My man, what is going on? Not too much, man. Not too much. You know, um, I hear something big happening in Green Bay today, which is exciting. But uh, yeah, excited to be here talking uh, talking some Packers offseason with you, brother. Yeah, we. Uh, so I think we've, we've already broken down that Matt LaFleur is going to be the 15th head coach of the Green Bay Packers, but today they had the press conference and um you know dusty it's it's kind of crazy but you you wouldn't believe that some people had some issues with the press conference no no that it, can't i the the lafleur one are you talking about a different team i can't i have a hard time believing that anyone had a problem with that so some people had a, a few issues that uh let's see he was nervous mm. uh Kunst didn't talk enough mark murphy talked too much like all oh, these are, oh just mark murphy said a swear he did say so. Oh my God! Yeah, I can't. I cannot believe it. You know that I thought, and my my biggest issue with the whole thing, if I'm being honest, Lafleur, too good looking. I didn't like that. I've, I made me feel insecure about myself. Uh, it made me feel things about him. I didn't like it personally. So I, when they tweeted out a picture of him last night, um, or I think it was Monday, I I, I did a quote tweet. And I was like, man. That dude fell off the handsome tree and hit every single stick on the way down. My goodness. He is a good-looking man. And, and listen, man, no disrespect to Mark Murphy. 
who looks like an aged out Opie, but sitting <laughs> next to Gudekunst and Lafleur, who are both good looking men. Like it's it's a stark contrast. It's a stark contrast. So yeah, it's a he is a handsome, handsome devil. I'm uh I'm I I I am not one of those people who's upset. I could find things to be upset about if I really wanted to, but really his attractiveness is the only thing I have an issue with at this point. And you know he's a perfect victim. I, I don't know if you've heard of this, but did you hear what his wife's name is? <laughs> I his think wife, I did. Remind me, his Steve. His wife's name is Bree. <laughs> I mean, a form of cheese and his wife. It's, it's just perfect. <laughs> like, you can't make this stuff up. Have any, Has anyone done a, a background check into her to see if her name had been changed in the past week? Like, just, just to make sure, like... Her name was like Diane, and he's like, "No, no, honey, no, honey, listen, <laughs> I need, I need to." They, this is what's gonna put me over the top. They talked about in the press conference how much prep he went into it. If he had his wife change his change her name, that's the ultimate prep right there. So I'm, you know, I, I just, I, I need someone to dig into this and let me know because that's, it's perfect, it's perfect. All right, so I have thoughts on on the press conference and the things I see people complaining about, and but I, I let's let's dive in. I want just get your initial reaction to how everything went, what you think of the hire. Um, I know you got you did the initial one right after the announcement, but uh, yeah, just do a recap. What what did you think? Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I you know I was excited. Um, I know you had a point you wanted to get to. I'm not gonna, so I won't step on that. But I, I will agree with you when you make that point. I believe. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was a little. Uh, I mean, we we kind of mocked the people saying he was nervous out of the gate, as far as like that's a negative thing. Like it, I, you know, it, it was hard not to pick up on that. It, it, it was. Um, I think there's a couple of reasons for that. One, uh, again, they talked about how prepared he was, which means he probably knew what that Green Bay press was like, and he sat up there for a, like at least ten minutes without saying a word, just waiting for those sharks to circle when he opened his mouth. So that's one. Like I think it was over 14 minutes. Was it over 14? Okay. Yeah. I was thinking close to 15, but I kind of wanted to, as, as Price, Price is writing it, Steve, I wanted to shoot under, you know. That's the only way to do it. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, he was a little nervous. Um, he was nervous, but it wasn't like, it wasn't off-putting. It was, it was almost... Maybe it's just because of his face, Steve. It was almost adorable. It was almost, like, he seemed excited to be there. You know, he talked about kind of the respect he had. Uh, and maybe that's part of it. The, the respect he had for the organization in general, for the Packers. And he started going through their history. And it's like, I, I don't know, man. He paused He paused to swallow and think for four seconds before he named Mike Holmgren. Like, maybe that's, you know, he doesn't really love the history that much. You know, I, like, I don't know if that was it. Like, he did seem a little hesitant. But, um, you know. <laughs> I, I'm I'm 38 years old. He's he is one year older than I am. A couple of months ago, I had a phone interview, uh, and I didn't see the person. It was 15 minutes, maybe less than 15 minutes. Okay, and I was profusely sweating within the first two <laughs> minutes of that interview because I was so nervous. So I I I know it's completely different jobs. Um, but I mean, once he once he kind of settled in, once he got going, kind of once he started talking about football. I felt like he really started getting comfortable and, and it was fine. Like it was it, even from the jump, it wasn't like, Oh, he's nervous. It's a bad fit. Like, no, it was, he was fine. He, so, I mean, that was one thing I thought some of the stuff he really talked about. I really enjoy. He talked about, um, what was the term he used? Uh, penalty free aggression. I think he used it uh, specifically in terms of special teams and defense, in which case the penalty free part would go against Zook. That means Zook's out the door. You read between the lines. Zook is, Thank God. Zook is gone for there. Um, I really liked um, I, I liked Mark Murphy. I like a lot of stuff Mark Murphy said. One of the things he said was, you know, people questioning this move, 
um, about what he did with the Titans last year, and they talked about the Titans quite a bit. Murphy said if he had stayed in L.A. last year, he'd be the hot candidate, which is 100% true, 100% true. Um, and and I know uh, LaFleur, I, I just kind of pulling back the curtain a little bit, hearing him talk about what it, why he went to Tennessee, what he – like he grew because – I mean, he, he was around Shanahan and McVay, and he was like, it, it, this taught me, I was kind of on my own, I'm calling plays, I'm doing this thing for the first time. The NFL's not easy. He learned a lot, but he still took a lot of lessons with him. I thought that was really cool. Um, I also thought one of the things that really, really shocked me was Mark Murphy saying, um, it, like, one of the reasons he decided to make a move was he felt complacency set in, which I feel like was, was fairly obvious. But for a tight-lipped organization like the Packers, I thought that was that was really interesting that, that he used that terminology, that he used those words. I, I did not see that coming. Um, but it also helps explain why they kind of got rid of Murphy, or, or I'm sorry, McCarthy, um, you know, with the, with the season still going. So, I don't know, I thought a lot of really interesting things came out of it. And really what I came away with was I really like Matt LaFleur. He was, I think, number two on my list uh, when we were talking coaching candidates in the first place. Um, I just talked about him a ton a couple days ago on Pack a Day here with uh, with Andy and Zach, uh, but I'm man, I'm over the moon uh, about this guy. Just I, you know, I've been looking at the film. I went through all the 2017 Rams. I started going through the 2018 Titans. I love what he does on the field, and and you don't really get a feel for a guy how he's going to lead a team until you actually see him do it. But I thought this press conference, the way he talked about things, and kind of what seemed like his approach, and just his personality and his um, kind of the work he put into to learning everything about the organization, I thought spoke volumes. I, I, I came away with it really, really impressed and super excited about this guy more than I was going into it. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I think um, hearing him talk about the Packers, because, you know, everybody was cutting up old Titans um, interviews and things like that and, you know, playing them. And this is his philosophy on this. And I'm like, okay, well, now we're just stretching for for content because he hasn't spoken to the Packers yet. So, you know, now it's a fit. He's officially come out and said things. And I, I love the things that he said. I mean, mm-hmm. he's, you can tell he's a, he's a very smart X's and O's guy. Um, but for me, the bigger thing came from the leadership and the, the aspects of talking about the team and, you know, have you talked to Rogers? And he's like, well, I have talked to Rogers, but I have other players on my team. Yeah. I, guess yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah. That was good. That, I think that was one of my favorite things of he understands the importance of every single player. And it, it felt more like near the end, McCarthy was, it was Rogers and that was it. Like that was, that's mm-hmm. our team. That's the green Bay Packers. So I like that kind of switch. Um, so for me overall, I, I really liked him, but what I kind of wanted to dive into um, and we, we talked about it a little bit before we started recording was I don't understand why people are confused by the Packers setup currently and why they didn't want to hear Mark Murphy talk. Um, <laughs> people I, hate Mark Murphy, dude. I, I just couldn't fathom what for, for as long as Ted Thompson has been in charge of the green Bay Packers, as far as, you know, GM and all that stuff, we never heard from him. We never heard of the trades that could have went through. We never heard of why he really drafted this guy, um, why they didn't sign this guy, um, how this, this all of his approaches worked. And, and everybody was dying for it. They wanted to know what's going on in his head. How is this happening? So today, <laughs> Mark Murphy sits down and runs us through the entire process of how they decided to hire Matt LaFleur, and people are just pissed. Oh, why is it taking 15 minutes to go through this? Like, the man's the storyteller. He he obviously likes to tell stories, but 
God forbid you explain why you hired this head coach. Well, and I thought it was really interesting. We talked about this earlier, but like I thought it was super interesting. Uh, I got you know I got my jokes off because I'm sitting there and I'm at work and I'm waiting for something to run and I'm I'm gonna get a couple jokes off. But I mean I thought it was super interesting. He got down to the level of like talking about where they flew and what they did and kind of like even after the floor thing, he had the thought process between him and Gutenkunst kind of whether they said like is the is this the guy? Like this is the last this is kind of the last interview. We're jet lagged. We've done you know ten interviews in the course of two or three days. Like is this really our guy? Or do we just feel like it is because we're kind of at the end of our list at this point and no one else really like jumped out at us and is this just whatever? And he talked about he, talking about it on the on the flight home and sleeping on it the next day and making sure it wasn't like a rash decision, which is, to your point, something that people had been wondering about because it was no one else had interviewed Lafleur. They hired him without a second round of, of interviews. Why did they do that? Well, then Murphy told us exactly why it was. Like, legitimately took three minutes, three to four minutes to walk through what kind of the post-interview process with the floor that led to the hiring was. People are like, well, I don't know, it's, it's too long. And it's, well, we wouldn't have heard anything if it was Thompson. He'd be like, why? I don't know any more than I did. Well, now we know everything. No, and it's kind of cool. It, it pulls back the curtain in a way we've not had it in a while. Thompson will walk down and goes, 15th head coach of the Green Bay Packers, Matt LaFleur. And then Matt LaFleur would have started talking. Yeah, and then it would have, it would have been on the floor. Yep. So, you want to talk about nervous today? If that's the case, Lafleur runs out of the room, right? <laughs> exactly. No. So for me, I just this is we've wanted transparency from the Green Bay Pirates for a long time, and it's starting to happen. And I I love hearing these stories. Like I would rather know these things than have a, a one minute intro about Matt Lafleur from how he was really great in the interview process and blah blah blah, and you get mm-hmm. nothing. I mean. They watch you through yeah. so, so much. And for me, that was another really good thing. Like, I liked that. I didn't. Oh, yeah. Um, so, for me, that was one of the big points. And then another thing we wanted to discuss, what the hell does – why does everybody else besides the Green Bay Packers know the best way to run the Green Bay Packers? Uh, the question came up. Are you asking me? Because yeah. I got some ideas, Steve. <laughs> well, I know. We all have our Madden ideas of the best way to run and <laughs> Uh, believe me, I'm in like my seventh season of 2019 and I should be, you know, I should be running the GM position pretty, pretty well. Yeah. Um, yeah I believe it. But it just, it, again, it's something that boggles my mind of they set it they've set up this new system where mm-hmm. people are reporting to Murphy, not to the GM, not to Gutekunst. And it came up again. Like, so who's LaFour reporting to? Well, he's reporting to Mark Murphy. Like, why would this? Why do people think that this is going to change? Because they hired a new head coach. Well, I'm also going to tell you one of my favorite things. This is something I heard last year, and I and I don't want to put it out there as like this was a wide thing. It's something I saw some people saying, and it's definitely not wide, but it's something that made me laugh and really stuck with me. It was that why is Mark Murphy running a team? Does he have any say? Why don't they have a football guy doing it? Mark Murphy legitimately played football in the NFL. Like he has been a football guy his entire life, so it like to me this isn't like you, you look at um, kind of an owner, an owner stepping in and doing something like I don't know. Let's pick. Let's say Dan Snyder. Let's say Dan. Like this is not Dan Snyder. Like this is a guy who has played football, who has been around football his entire life. So yeah, I'm with you. Like this, it was not this situation was not going to change at all. 
and the fact that it was a point of complaint at during this press conference as far as like, well, he's still answering to Murphy. Like this is this should not be a shock. They were they weren't going to like for a thirty nine year old head coach. They're not going to suddenly, they're not suddenly going to change the structure. And if they did, people would complain about that because they'd say, well, that's that's something that McCarthy didn't get to do. Murphy was over him. Like why does why suddenly does McCarthy? That's another slap in the face. Like Steve, my point is. People will complain about everything <laughs> if you it's don't a, know this already. I, I know, and it's one of those things like the definition of insanity is doing something over and over, expecting a different result. Like, why am I expecting Packers Twitter to be different? Like, it's 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 Twitter. It's people going and complaining about every single thing in the world. Yeah, uh, and then there's dog videos. So um, yeah, those are, yeah, there is so there is yeah, there's good. They do make up for it. I do enjoy the dog <laughs> videos. I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, <laughs> So the only other thing I want to talk about to just touch on was with Goody, the the only other thing people are complaining about is, you know, he's losing this power. He doesn't Mm -hmm. have the same power as all the other GMs. And I just wanted to point out too, like last year, he was a sought after candidate for the GM positions. Yes. And he interviewed, I do believe, and I believe was offered roles. Yes. And, turned them down because he wanted to be in Green Bay. And I have a strong feeling he knew that this is the type of situation that would be coming up. Yes. So for everybody saying that, you know, he's that, that Mark Murphy, wow, I can't believe this whole, this, I feel like this whole podcast turned into a, like a defending Mark Murphy. And I never would have thought that would have, when, when we started recording this. <laughs> it's it's odd. Know. It's odd. It does feel weird. <laughs> um, damn it. I lost my train of thought now too. <laughs> I'm defending Mark Murphy. I don't know what's happening here. You're I don't defending know. Mark Murphy. Um, uh, no, that's not having power, right? Yeah, yeah. So for me, like people are saying, you know, he, he went out. Murphy went out of his way to go get a a young head coach so he can have control over him. He went out to get the young GM and not have him have control over the the um, head coach. I don't think that's the way it's doing it. I think you have to look back at the way things ran at the end of Ted's tenure, at the end of Mike's tenure, and. He realized that's not the way we can do things to be a functioning team, yeah. And so he changed things, and I just think people are are not not buying in yet. But I think you get another winning season again. I think all will be forgotten, and everybody will be happy again in Packerland. Well, and I'm also kind of of the mind that you know Gutekunst is not powerless. Um, you know, McC- uh, Murphy probably has to sign off on on a bunch of stuff, maybe everything. I don't know, but they seem like, I mean, just based on uh, Murphy's stories of kind of going around and, and interviewing everyone, the, it seems like there's a mutual respect and a lot of like, if it, almost like if they're not both in agreement, or at least if Gutekunst is in agreement, that stuff's not going to happen. So, I mean, he's a young GM, maybe that, that kind of helps him to have a shoulder to lean on. But, I mean, it also could be that Gutekunst is running a lot of the show behind the scenes and Murphy kind of takes the hit for some of it. Like, I, it's it's hard to know exactly what it is, but, I mean, Gutekunst is no dummy. Like you said, he's not he's not sticking around in Green Bay in a powerless situation when he had opportunities elsewhere. Uh, Gutekunst is there for a reason, and I think he's got more power than people believe that he does. And, and I don't know, the structure... Like, if the Packers fall into five straight years of being terrible or two straight years or three straight years of being just, just absolutely terrible. Yeah. I mean, like maybe some things need to be looked at, especially if you look at like, you know, draft history or free agent stuff. But I don't know right now. I I would like, I would very much like to have a super strong opinion about the power structure in green Bay, but I don't, 
Like, I don't know that I just don't care enough or if I just know that I have just a fraction of the information and there's no reason to get upset about anything. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I agree. No, I agree with you. I just, I don't have a super strong opinion either, but I, I guess my argument for everybody saying, well, this it's not done like that in, the, in other NFL teams and things like that. I'm like, I don't, I don't care. Yeah. Just because it's done one way doesn't mean that's, that's the right way. I mean, there's plenty of teams that, you know, the GM can hire and fire the coach and those teams aren't winning Super Bowls. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't understand why every, you know, it has to be done this certain way. Like, I, I feel like it's fine as long as everybody knows what's going on. Who the hell cares? Yeah. And also, I, I mean, it's just, it seems like a, a fairly smart team. Like I said, it seems like they have a good relationship. Like, I, I, I kind of am on the mind that if things start going south um, and they and they feel the need, like, they're going to have to change this up a little bit, I, I think they probably will. Like, they all seem like they want what's the best interest, the best interest of the Green Bay Packers. Like, that's the feeling I get from that team, whether they're completely right or not all the time, I... It, whatever like they're they've got that they've got the team mentality they've got the we want to do what's best for this team in mind and if that's the structure that works best for them that's perfectly fine man that's perfectly fine so we'll end the show um it hasn't it's not official by any means but it from from the looks of everything it looks like mike Petton is going to be back mm-hmm. uh running the defense what are your what are your thoughts because i mean for me i'm i'm very cool with it i liked so it seems like there was some progress. You get a couple more, get a, a couple more playmakers on that side of the ball. I think he could do some real big things. Yeah, I like it. I mean, I think when everyone was healthy for you know a quarter this season, um, not a quarter of the season, a legitimately a single quarter of a single game this season. Uh, I think they look good. I, I like his scheme. I liked him when they brought him in. I think the biggest thing, and I talked about this a couple of days ago, is just you've got a guy like Petten who has been in the league for a while who is a head coach, a failed head coach by himself, and really doesn't have a huge interest in being a head coach again uh, just because he, he enjoys being a coordinator. I've, I've often thought, man, if, if I ever if, – if I had the NFL path, coordinator sounds like a lot of fun. A head coach sounds miserable. So Petten seems like a guy who's happy being a coordinator, but also he's an older guy who has done that before and failed and seems like a guy who kind of knows why he's failed kind of has that uh he kind of has that within him so i feel like that could like that presence on the team not just as a defensive coordinator but a guy to kind of kick ideas around for a first-time head coach i think is super super valuable so even beyond the defense having a guy like Petten out there for uh for lafleur to just be able to go to occasionally and go hey man you know i'm kind of struggling with um you know this aspect of the head coach or whatever this this year like do you you know, do you have any advice? Or this is kind of what I was thinking and kick around a couple ideas. Not to say it's going to happen all the time, but to be able to have a sounding board like that with a guy like Petten, I think could be super, super valuable. So I'm, I'm totally on board with Petten still being there. Yeah. The, one of the reasons I really like it too, is like you said, he didn't interview for the head coaching position and yeah. not get it. So I think that is a, that's a much overlooked thing because if you don't want that Petten being like petty and pissed off because he, yeah he was interviewing for the position. He feels like he was a better fit for the position. Didn't get it. I mean, that's just recipe for disaster. So the fact that he does not want to be a head coach, he wants to be there as a defensive coordinator. Like I think, yeah, like you said, it's going to be that as long as LaFleur is cool with, cool with it, I think it's going to be a good fit. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited about that. All right. So you've heard it here. Mark Murphy, everybody back off. Um <laughs> Matt LaFleur is a very handsome man. 
And... I've got one more thing to say, Steve, oh. before we sign off. One more yes. thing to say. has nothing to do with anything we've been talking about. But uh, <laughs> uh, we were supposed to. So we originally had all scheduled uh, who we were going to cover for head coaching, potential, potential head, head coaching. Oh, we do need right? to cover. Yes. So we were set up to cover Dan Campbell uh, for today, which um, was going to be, I think, a really fun ep- I did not want Dan Campbell as a head coach at all, but I think would have been a really fun episode. Um, I just want to share one thing that I found while looking at his Wikipedia page. I did a bunch of research. I had to scrap the vast majority of it. This one thing, this one thing made me laugh really hard. In 2002, his blocking helped Kerry Collins throw for a club record 4,073 yards, and Tiki Barber rushed for the second best total in franchise history, 13, 1,300 yards, close to 1,400. His blocking, Steve. It was his blocking. It wasn't... It wasn't Jeremy Shockey. It wasn't Jeremy Shockey. It wasn't Toomer turning in a great year. No, no, no. It was not any of that. It was Dan Campbell's blocking. I know he didn't. This is one of those where I'm like, I okay, he probably didn't write his Wikipedia page, but this strikes me as something where he wrote his Wikipedia page. He was like, you know what? No, he, he broke the club record, the Giants club record that year. But no, no, no. This is, I'm, this is because of my blocking. My, you know how many receiving yards he had that year, Steve? 175. I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah. That's higher than what I was going to guess. One seven hundred seventy-five. So uh, I don't know. That little tidbit made me laugh. Where it was like, "Listen, man, this Giants offense was tremendous." Uh, Dan Campbell and his blocking is what paved <laughs> the way. So that is my Dan Campbell tidbit that I do not get to share on our Dan Campbell episode, but I wanted to shoehorn it in here. You totally can see, like, picture him with his like sausage fingers typing things in. <laughs> Like, he's typing in, my blocking, my block. Oh, wait, I can't write my blocking. Just mad. Uh, Someone told me that Dan Campbell's blocking. A source close to the organization said it was Dan Campbell's blocking. He's typing angrily just with two fingers, just mashing the keyboard because that's how (laughs) Dan Campbell types. I'm so mad we didn't get to do that episode, Steve. I'm so Dude, mad. Dude, it's it's kind of it pissing me off too. I had had a, a Saints blogger lined up for us to uh, <laughs> to pick his brain about the tight ends coach for the Saints. Actually, I'm probably happy that that didn't happen because that probably. I mean, what is the blogger really going to tell us about Dan Campbell and his tight end coaching abilities? I'm gonna say isn't uh, Benjamin Watson on that team or something? I can't remember who the tight end is on that team. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so uh, I just would have been like, I don't know, he's fine, I guess. Um, yeah, so I'm upset we didn't have it, but I'm glad I got to share that. Cause yeah, it may, yeah, I've looked at it a thousand times going, at some point someone's going to edit this and take it down because clearly Dan Campbell wrote this. And no one has yet because uh, no one looks at Dan Campbell's Wikipedia At this page. point, I think I'm going to dare you to like put in a parenthesis <laughs> like Dan Campbell wrote this. <laughs> By Dan Campbell. I was going to put a sources needed in there. Uh, well, let's see what happens. Yeah, I think that's that's definitely that's, that's your homework <laughs> assignment. So you've got two weeks until we talk again. <laughs> we're not we're not talking again because Dan Campbell will come to my house and murder me. Oh, uh, well, at least we'll know who did it. That's true. That's true. Yeah, if you find my body just mangled somewhere in the vicinity, it was Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell. All right, my friend. Well, that was fun. Um, again, Matt Lafleur, fifteenth head coach of the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Mark Murphy is a horrible person and Brian Gutekunst is stripped of all power. So you guys are caught up on the press conference, how it all went, <laughs> but, uh, overall we had, we've had a lot of fun. We, Dusty, I will talk to you in about two weeks mm-hmm. and, uh, as always go pack go. From the 16 of New York, first down goal to go. Rogers in the shotgun, Williams to his left, here's the snap. Rogers clean pocket, throws the middle of the end zone, and it's good!
Jackson, the rookie, recovers in the end zone in a Lambeau lead to the north end zone stand. The Packers have a 6 nothing lead. Beppard on third, down and three in the shotgun. Packers showing a blitz, and here they come. Beppard looking, hit as he throws it, deep down the right sideline, and intercepted on the play. Spectacular interception by Kevin King at the nine-yard line of Green Bay. Snap to Rodgers, looking right. Throws the right side, St. Brown makes the catch, and pretty out of bounds. Oh, he reached back to gather it in, using all 6'5 of his frame. Tumbled out of bounds inside the 30 of the 28-yard line. Hunter Bradley the snap. J.K. Scott down on one knee, arm extended. Here is placement made. Kick is up. It is good. It is good. Mason Crosby delivers the dagger. One week after his worst day ever, he delivers the dagger tonight. Third and five, 13-yard line of Atlanta. Snap, Ryan, looks right, close, right, intercepted to the house, Bishaw Freeland, touchdown, Green Bay Packers. 19-yard interception return, and it's 16-7, Packers. And Rodgers looks it over, takes the snap, blitz on, they pick it up, Love they got him, they got him, Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.